Are you losing faith, getting sicker in heart, body, and spirit, waiting for God to show up in your marriage and in your addicted or unfaithful spouse's life? Hi, I'm Kim Pullen. Welcome to the Hope for Spouses Lunchtime Live. If this is your first time visiting the Hope for Spouses, thank you so much for coming. And just to give you a little history, we started this ministry about two years ago. And I started it because my husband and I had been separated for four years due to his adultery and partially due to my codependency. Um, I realized that was my part in the challenges that we had in our marriage and I had to deal with my own heart. And it really didn't matter whether my spouse and I got back together again, I recognized that I had to deal with myself because of my relationship with God, that that was the primary importance in my life. And so that change is really what we're talking about here today. And so this is a topic that I think has huge relevance because uh, we really want our spouse to change, but really when it comes down to it, God is really calling each of us to change first. So um, let's talk a little bit about what that change really looks like. So for me, what I realized was that even prior to my husband and I separating, that um, we, I had expected certain things, he had expected certain things, and I changed some of the things that he wanted me to change, but, I real, but he didn't change the things that I wanted him to change. And that's when I really realized that, um, that his changing had nothing to do with me. And I had to recognize that um, I couldn't repent of something if I was just expecting him to change. That I had to really repent for different reasons. And we're going to talk about what those reasons are today. So what is change? Bottom line, change is simply movement. Some kind of movement. Some kind of transformation. And it's really fundamental to everything in our universe, not even just in our, our life and in our marriage, uh, in our family, but it's really fundamental to everything in the universe. Now, uh, I did an early, earlier a lunchtime live video about the Newton's laws, and if you haven't seen that one, I really encourage you to go back and look at it, because it's, it's pretty kind of mind-blowing how change is so fundamental to even physics in our life. For example, um, uh, Newton's laws. Okay, you may have gone over these in middle school or high school or whatever, but I'm just going to share these with you just a little bit so that you can kind of understand um, what I'm talking about here. Okay, so the first first of Newton's laws is an object will stay in whatever state it is in, rest or motion, and will resist change. Okay, so again, an object will stay in whatever state it is in, rest or motion, and will resist change. Now, does that sound like your addicted spouse? <laughs> You know, they resist change, okay, um, that they're going to stay in whatever state they're in, and they're going to resist it. They're doing everything they can to not, that's basic physics. Something will not move unless, you know, something happens to that. And that what brings us to um, number two, which is how quickly an object changes direction or moves is directly related to its mass, how big it is, and how much force is applied to it. Now, you may have tried to force your spouse to change. You may have tried all kinds of things to change, but their mass, their determination, their addiction, whatever, is greater than what you've been able to move, okay? And you haven't applied the kind of force that has needed to be pushed against your spouse in order to get them to change, okay? And then number three is for every action there is an equal and opposite 
reaction, okay? So you may have uh, tried change, you know, try to get your spouse to do something, and what you get is you get back. I mean, you get something back in your face. You get them deflecting, you get them blaming, you get the manipulation, you get whatever, okay? That's basic physics, but it even goes into our relationships. It's pretty amazing, okay? So, but change is a natural part of the universe. It's a natural part of everything life. Everything changes. And when we resist change, then things get really, really bad. And things usually stop growing. Things die. Because it's part of God's law that things are to evolve, things are to grow, things are to change. Now, if your marriage is stuck the way that it is, you keep trying to get your spouse to move, your spouse to change. But I want you to think that maybe you're going about this the wrong way. Okay? Bottom line it really doesn't have anything to do, our marriage changing doesn't have anything to do with us forcing our spouse to do something. What it really comes down to is us changing, us taking responsibility for our own changes. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've sinned against our spouse. Now, is it the same as them sinning against us with their betrayal? Of course not. But, but we still are accountable to God for all the ways that we need to change ourselves, okay? So bottom line, we're going to look at some scripture. We're going to look pretty go deeply into scripture here and talk about how God views change and how we need to be responsible for our own changing and with the hopes and the possibility that our spouse will change and ultimately our marriage will change, okay? So first thing we're going to talk about is that basically we have no excuse to not change. Again, we're not talking about our spouse. We're talking about us. What do we need to do to change, okay? So we are to be obedient of the changes in this, what the scriptures talk about, and we're going to look at those regardless of what our spouse does. So we're going to start off in the book of Ephesians, and we're going to read a, little, a few scriptures here. We're going to read 17 through 24, and then we're going to get into chapter 5 a little bit. So bear with me here. So he says, um, so I tell you this, and this is Paul talking to the Ephesians church, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live, talking about those change, as the Gentiles do. These were the, the Gentiles were those who were very worldly. Um, they were the non-Jews. It says, in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a, uh, with a, f um, sorry, from, with, with greed. He says, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to change, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind, change, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So you see all these examples of talking about this is the way you were before, and this is the way you need to be now. Now, this doesn't just happen when we become Christians, okay? This is a continual process. And if you've been caught up in a marriage where there has been betrayal, I can guarantee you probably acted like me and you didn't act the most godly in the way that you responded. Whether it's anger, fits of rage, physical violence on your spouse, or maybe you pulled way back and, and you became a mouse and you didn't stand up for the truth and you didn't stand up for righteousness. You didn't stand up for what the scriptures teach about marriage. 
But whatever you did, you probably didn't react the right way. And so basically when, when these kind of things happen in our life, we have to really recognize that God is really calling us to be different. God is calling us to change. And that's what he talks about in this passage that is that you were this way before, but now we're calling you to change. Your husband is called to the same thing, but you can't force your husband to change. All you can do is change yourself. So we're going to go ahead and, and look a little bit more in Ephesians. We're going to go into chapter 5, chapter verses 8 through 16. And he says, For you were once darkness, but now, change, you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. So Paul really, again, he's doing this sharp contrast between this is the way you used to live. This is the way you need to leave, live now. It's a change. It's a transformation. And we are all called to this. He doesn't basically say, okay, just you who have a great marriage. Okay, just you who have nothing bad going on in your life. I mean, challenges, difficulties, they bring out what's already in our heart. They bring out what's already there. They uncover it. But now it's our opportunity to really be transformed into what more and more of what Jesus called us to do and be, which is like him, okay? So one of the big uh, things that I have come across um, talking to a lot of the ladies that I've talked to who have gone through stuff is that we think that just by believing in something, um, that that is good enough, okay? We, we think that, um, you know, I, I felt God told me that I need to just wait. Um, I felt God told me to wait. You know, I read Psalm 4610. He said, be still and know that I am God. I felt like I should have, I needed to wait on my spouse. Everything part, there were times where I went back and forth. I wanted to divorce him. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to go through this anymore. But there's a part of me that every time I would start to think about divorce, Psalm 4610 would be like singing in my brain, you know, and it was like, be still. So I waited. I didn't want to wait for a long time, but I, I felt like that's what I needed to do. So, but I didn't just sit back and wait, okay? I went after it. I went after the changes that the scriptures called me to. And Jesus did the same thing in John chapter 8 when he challenged the religious people of his day. He said to the Jews who believed him, um, and these are people who, who practiced Judaism, but who really believed that Jesus was the fulfillment of the scriptures. He was the Messiah. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, it doesn't really matter if we believe in God. It doesn't really matter if we believe in Jesus and the resurrection and all the things. It doesn't matter if we go to church. We do all the external activities. If we are not holding to the scriptures, if we are not changing every single day of our life, becoming more and more like Jesus in the way that we're living, then Jesus says we're not really his disciples. We're not really his followers. We can use the term Christian, but we're really not, we're not really that. And um, 
just believing our spouse will change, um, just believing, you know, having the faith that our marriage will be different um, because God told us to wait. All, you know, all of these things can happen in our lives, but they aren't enough. We can't just sit back and do nothing, okay? We have to hold on to the teachings of Jesus. We have to use the scriptures as our standard for how we live, how we think, everything we do in our life. Okay? We have to obey his word. And I think sometimes we can um, think that you know faith is enough, that, that, that we just have to believe that God's going to work it out, that God's going to do all these things. And God will act, God will work. But he does talk about in James... And this is in James chapter 2, okay, verse 17 and verse 20 through 24. He says, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not your father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Okay? So we have to really take our faith, our belief in Jesus, our belief in God, and we have to put those together with action, being obedient to what the scriptures are teaching. And this is really challenging. This is really hard when you're in a broken marriage because our tendency is to want to blame our spouse. Our tendency is to want to say, if he would just change, it would be different. But you know what? Just because our spouse changed doesn't mean we will and vice versa. So what if our spouse does change? What if they do repent? Okay, Are we going to be ready for it? Is our marriage really going to be different? And I think that's one of the things that I had to really recognize in myself is I realized, you know what, even if my husband does change, am I going to be ready for it when he does? Am I going to be a different person? Because our marriage was not going to be able to be the way it was before. It was an unhealthy marriage. So I really set my heart on changing what God wanted me to change based on the scriptures so I could be ready when my spouse did turn around. And praise God, he did change, okay? But we are accountable to be obedient and uphold God's standard of righteous living regardless of the choices our spouse makes. Now, if you look at the nation of Israel, okay, in the Old Testament, the, the Israel was called by God over and over and over again to be righteous, to follow him, to follow his decrees, to follow his laws, in spite of and because of their neighbors worshiping other gods. It was a stark contrast. So it was very obvious that there was a difference between them. And see, in the same thing, if our spouses have their idolatry, if they are using sex as their idol to please themselves, to medicate their pain for whatever, okay, if they are doing that, we must stand out and be a light. We must be a light shining on a hill in our household, in our family, with our children, with the rest of our family. We have to be a shining light. That means we have to change. And we have a ton of excuses, you know. Well, I can't get help because I live in a small town, or or I can't get help because I don't know the Bible very well, or, or I can't really change because uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have all these kids, and I don't really have time. But you know what? There are always ways to get help for ourselves. There are always, if we are desperate enough, we will find a way. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to um, 
show how wonderful or amazing I was um, when I went through the things that I went through. But I felt like I was desperate enough to change such that when I, I had to go back to work full time, I was a teacher working like 60 hours a week. Uh, it was crazy having to work um, because I had been a homeschool mom before that. But I had to go back to work. My husband and I separated. And I was getting up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.15 in the morning, just so I could have a quiet time because I, I was teaching middle school. <laughs> so I really needed to be praying in the morning. I needed to be in my Bible. Not only did I have uh, an unrepentant spouse, but I had you know 125 middle school students that I had to face every day without losing my mind. And I had three kids and two of them with special needs. It was very, very challenging. And so, you know, I knew I needed to spend time with God every day. So I got up super early um, and spent time with God because I knew how desperately I needed. I didn't have a safe group of people around me. So I found a safe group. I created a safe group of people. I searched out a codependency group. You know, I went after it because I realized how badly I needed to change. And I couldn't blame anybody else anymore for why I was the way that I was. I had to change. I think one of the biggest excuses we can also have is we're afraid. You know, we're afraid if we start shaking the boat, we rock the boat at home, then our spouse is going to go back to their pornography, okay? Or our spouse is going to go to another affair partner. They're going to do something. But you know what? They're going to do it anyway, okay? They will find, if they really want to medicate, if they really want to worship their God of sex, okay, they will find a way to do it. No matter what you do, they will find a way to do it. So you can't do anything about that, okay? You have to focus on changing yourself. So fear needs to go out the window, okay? Fear is never going to help you. It is not your friend. As the song recently says, fear is a liar, okay? So you have to really go after change yourself. So, um, and when you really think about it, we do what we really want to do. I mean, we get creative. You know, you got five kids. You're going to get creative and resourceful and sacrificial. If you really want to do something, you're going to figure out a way to do it, okay? And I think if we really want to change, if really, if we're really going for this transformation of our heart in spite of what our spouse is doing, we're going to figure out a way to do it. And yes, we've been victimized by our spouse with their betrayal. But you know what? We don't have to stay the victim, we don't have to stay there. We can be different, you know. God raised Jesus from the dead. If he could do that and we are, you know, worshiping him, we are pursuing, guess what? He can help us change our marriage. He can help us to be different. He can help us figure out how we're going to make it to a group once a week for two hours when we have five kids, okay? Or he's going to help us how to figure out that we're going to need counseling or we're going to need coaching or we're going to need this. He's going to help us to figure out because God has got all the resources, but we have to be the ones that are determined to find those resources and to do whatever it's going to take to get healthy, okay? Again, just because your spouse has sinned, okay, um, doesn't alleviate us from being obedient to God, okay? So what it really comes down to is us drawing a line in the sand for ourselves, okay? Jesus drew a line in the sand when it came to being in his kingdom. And if we're going to call ourselves Christians, we got to get used to drawing lines, okay? And he had a right, Jesus had a right to call the shots. I mean, he died for his kingdom. He died for the church, okay? So um, either we are in or we are out with God's kingdom, okay? And yes, we can lose our salvation for not obeying. Hebrews 10, 26 through 29 says that, okay? That we can walk away from God and we can lose our salvation. And that's why, you know, I mean, 
the, the church and the relationship um, with Jesus is a reflection of the marriage. It says that in Ephesians 5. And our spouses can choose their sin. They can choose to walk away from the marriage, okay? But really when it comes, when it, really when it comes down to is that there has got to be some lines drawn on what does a marriage look like. And you can draw those lines, not in a disrespectful way, not in a way that is unloving. I mean, in fact, it's very loving to set boundaries. You're setting boundaries on yourself, and you're setting boundaries on what your marriage is going to look like based on what the scriptures teach, not what you want, but what does the Bible say about the way things need to be transformed in our marriage? I mean, Jesus was radical about this, okay? So um, you may be going to church, maybe doing a lot of activities, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, this is scary, but it doesn't mean you're going to be going to heaven if you're not connected to Jesus, okay? Um, if you're not changing every day the way that he's called you to. I mean, if you look in Matthew 7, verses 23, 21 through 23, I mean, the religious people were saying, you know, we've prophesied, we've, um, you know, done these miracles, you know, we've done all these things, you know, surely we're good with you. And, he, and Jesus basically said, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. You may be doing all these external things, but I do not know you. Remember what we said in John um, 8, 31 through 32. He, you know, he says, you're not my disciple because you're not holding to my teachings. Okay, so we really have to take a really close look. And I want you to be completely honest with yourself. Are you really being obedient to the scriptures? Do you know the scriptures well enough to know if you're obeying them? I mean, are you in the Bible every day? Are you seeking out help? Are you, I mean, the, the internet is loaded with resources that we could use to grow in our relationship with God. But are you running after other people that can help you to really get in the scriptures? Are you reading the books? Are you reading the commentaries? Are you doing what it's going to take to really transform based on what the Bible teaches? Okay. So Jesus was an incredible example of what it meant to be obedient in spite of great challenges and difficulties. If we look in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, okay, this is Jesus looking death in the face. He was getting ready to go to the cross and he realized what he was going to endure. He was going to be separated from his father for the first time in all of eternity and he was going to face the most, the most challenging and difficult uh, temptations he had ever faced. To be brutally murdered, brutally beaten, hung on a cross, okay? And he looked that in the faith, face and he said, not my will, but yours be done, okay? Now, none of us have ever faced that. But we're called to be like Jesus. And if Jesus could do that, he's given us the Holy Spirit that we can be different. We can change. We can look these challenges in the face and say, I will change. I will be different. Not my will, but God's be done. Okay? So are you ready to draw a line in the sand in your own life? You know, are you tired of making excuses for why you're still in the same situation with your unrepentant or addicted spouse that you've been in for weeks or months or years? Are you really, really ready to change your broken marriage? Okay. Now remember, your decision doesn't guarantee that your spouse is going to change. What it does mean is that you are choosing to take God at his word by no longer conforming to the pattern of this world. Um, which if you haven't been changing, you've been living by the pattern of the world and being transformed by the renewing of your mind the way he talks about in Romans 12 too, okay? We're transformed through God's word. He says, then 
And only then will you be able to uh, discern what God wants you to do. You'll be able to test his good, pleasing, and perfect will. All right? But we can't do this by ourselves, okay? Um, We can't change in isolation. God didn't design. I mean, God didn't even create the world in isolation. He had Jesus and the Holy Spirit with him. It talks about that in Genesis 126. And see, and that's how we're supposed to live and grow and change in a community with safe other spiritual people. So if you are ready to do that, okay, if you're tired of being in the insanity loop, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, then I want you to do something. I want you to schedule a call, okay? And we're going to look at that right now. I'm going to give you that link. So schedule your free breakthrough call at hopeforspouses.com slash call. Again, it's hopeforspouses.com slash call. All right. And what we're going to do is we'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes to an hour. And we're going to talk through what's going on in your marriage. Okay. We're going to talk about where you're at and what you can do to really change. And we're going to use God's word as we talk and really go back and really help Uh, you to really get specific scriptures to see what you need to do to change. Okay, so that's it for today for the Hope for Spouses Lunchtime Live. We will see you next week.